Good evening, good evening, good evening. We are certainly excited for each and every one of you who are making your way in as far as this worship experience is concerned. We want to thank you for coming. We know others are on their way, so I just want to, if I could, just give uh, a few instructions before we get started as far as tonight is concerned. We just want to encourage you, uh, please, ma'am, please, sir, continue to wear your mask above your nose. We're, we're greatly appreciative of, of the fact that you're doing that now, but we need you to keep that as far as tonight's worship experience is concerned. Uh, do know that you will be on the camera all over the country, all over the country. So um, um, if, if you are caught doing something on camera, you might become a meme. Ain't that right, Sherelle? Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. So I want to let you all know that we're looking forward to a wonderful time as far as tonight's worship experience is concerned. And so um, we're going to go ahead and get started in probably about 30 seconds. Where are we on the time? Oh, it's seven o'clock now. All right. Those of you who are able, if you would, stand on your feet. Let's give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice and be glad as we prepare for our worship experience tonight. If you're watching us this evening on Facebook, YouTube, or engaging with our live chat room found on our church website, welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this evening. So real quick, we want you to do this do this favor for us. If you're watching us on Facebook, share on your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party. We want to make sure we stay in the same chat stream. Tag people you want to invite to your post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and text this link of the worship experience to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click on the invite button in your chat window to share this experience with others. Amen. And if you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, our church website, do me this favor. If you would just type in where you're watching us from. If you're watching us from Charlotte, type in Charlotte. If you're watching us from the hood, say the hood. If you would just type in where you're watching us from. We want to know where people are checking us out as far as tonight's worship experience is concerned. So thank you so very much. I want to give a major shout out to our ushers and medical team for doing a wonderful job of getting you all situated. We're looking forward to the Lord blessing us. Eric, if you will come and open us up with worship. Good evening, church family. The psalm simply says, sing praises to the Lord, O you faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. I'm just looking, if, I'm just looking for if anybody glad to be in the house on this Monday evening. Is anybody glad to just be in worship one more time? You made it through a long and stressful day of work, but you came into the house of the Lord to praise him, to worship him, and to lift his name up. Let's go ahead and join in with our choir as they sing, Revive Us Again.
anybody who needs God to just revive them again. Amen. Amen. As we're looking in the chat streams on our various social media platforms, we notice that there are so many people who are watching with us in different areas of the country and of the world. If you would, just for a quick moment, go ahead and type in what city, what state, what country that you're watching us from so that we know that you are tuning in with us. This evening, our evening scripture will come from Isaiah 57, verses 14 through 21. If you do not have your Bibles, the words will be on the screen for you. And it reads, And one shall say, Heap it up, heap it up, prepare the way, take the stumbling block out of the way of my people. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. For I will not contend forever, nor will I always be angry, for the spirit would fail before me and the soul's which I have made for the iniquity of his covetousness, I was angry and struck him. I hid and was angry, and he went on backsliding in the way of his heart. I have seen his ways and will heal him. I will also lead him and restore comforts to him and to his mourners. I create the fruit of the lips, peace, peace to him who is far off and to him who is near says the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled sea, when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we come before you on this Monday evening just to say thank you. God, we know that some of us face some things at work this evening, and it is only by your grace while we are here in this house tonight. It is only by your grace while some of us have joined in online tonight, God, to worship you, to praise you, and to exalt your holy name. And God, we ask that you move in this atmosphere, move in our kitchens, move in our living rooms, move in our bedrooms, God, so that we know that you are with us. Allow us to feel your presence today, God. Allow us to feel your glory. And God, we'll be careful to honor you for all that you're doing. God, we ask that every part of the worship, God, you be magnified. God, allow your spirit to move from row to row. Allow your spirit to move from breast to breast through the singing, through the preached word. God, have your way in this moment right now. And we will give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for all that you're doing. It is in your name, in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
Forgive me for my lateness. I thought I had a, a, a little bit more time as far as a song is concerned, but that's my fault. But it is great to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Can you just give God praise for allowing us to be in this space? We have people that are watching us on Zoom. We have people that are watching us on Facebook Live and on YouTube, as well as on our church website. And of course, we have people that are checking us out as far as the telephone is concerned. So we're certainly delighted and elated that the Lord has allowed for us to have this wonderful, wonderful worship experience. As we move forward, as far as tonight's worship experience is concerned, I just want to share a couple of things with you all before we have our uh, offertory time. And that is, of course, to let you all know that uh, if you have taken the COVID shot here at the church on August the 7th, uh, there will be the opportunity for you to get the second shot this Saturday in the gym from 10 to 2. That's from 10 to 2. And also, uh, flu shots are available as well. And so you can get your flu vaccination at the same time. So we want to encourage you to do that. We also want to remind you that as we engage in this revival service this week, that we need to register each night. So you will have the opportunity as soon as this service is over, that if you want to come on tomorrow night to register, we would do that so that we can have some sense of contact tracing as well as notification if need be. So we need for you to register each night to come to the worship experience. We're certainly delighted for those that are here. And then I just want to lay on your heart that over the next couple of weeks, and I'll be reiterating this, we know about the devastation that is taking place in Haiti. Uh, back in 2010, when the earthquake hit Haiti, um, it demoralized that place. It devastated that place to the tune of over 200,000 people dying. And they still have not recovered. We know that a couple of Saturdays ago, another earthquake has hit that place and has pulverized it. And so they need our help. And so what I want to do was to, uh, through the St. Paul Church and our connection with Lot Carey, we want to raise about $10,000, at least $10,000 to uh, give aid and assistance to our sisters and brothers that are suffering from the devastation of the earthquake in Haiti. Now, I think I shared on yesterday that really all we need to do is raise about 9,500 because I'm gonna give 500 out of my pocket, but I wanna encourage you, please, ma'am, please, sir, uh, give consideration. We want to raise at least $10,000, and I want to, by the fourth Sunday in September, to be able to send a church to Lot Carey uh, on behalf of the St. Paul Church, on behalf of you, to give them aid and assistance with our brothers and sisters as far as Haiti is concerned. So help us do that. For those that are watching us online, we will greatly appreciate that. As we move forward, as far as this worship service is concerned, we're going to get you in, we're going to get you out, but we want the spirit to have its way as far as that is concerned. And part of that, of course, goes to the fact that you and I have the wonderful opportunity to partner with our God through the act of giving, through the act of giving. And so as we prepare to give tonight, just want to let you know that uh, if you decide you want to give, particularly if you want to mail your check, cash, or money order to the church, you can do that. Send it to 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. Or you can go online and through our church website, ACS or Church Life, you can give there 
or you can also give through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app on uh, your smart device and connect it to your favorite credit card. And in three clicks, you can give. If you want to drop off a physical offering here at the church during the week, you can do that. Call the church office first at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering, to receive your offering. And uh, we'll put it in the safe and we'll make sure it get counted on the next Sunday. So as we prepare to give, if you're watching us online, if you are watching us uh, on YouTube or on Facebook Live, or if you're here in the sanctuary and you have an offering, uh, be it on your um uh, be it on your phone or your iPad, or if you have a paper offering, if you would raise that offering with your right hand, we want to give God what's right, not what's left. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come tonight and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as giving is concerned. And we give not grudgingly or out of necessity, but we give cheerfully. Why? Because you love the cheerful giver. God, if you would, take these gifts of ours and multiply them in a Godful way so that your word, your witness, and your work can continue to go forth and you will be glorified through our efforts and our actions. Show yourself mighty and strong, O God, as only you can. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let every heart that truly believes say amen. Now, do me this favor. For those that have a physical offering tonight, there should be a basket on the row in front of you. All you got to do is just drop your offering in that basket, and our finance team will receive your offering and make sure it get counted. So thank you so very, very much. As we get ready to hear from our music ministry, as far as the sermonic selection is concerned, it is a great, great joy of mine really not to introduce but basically to present our preacher for tonight he is no stranger since you all have allowed for me to serve as pastor here he has been doing this revival uh since i've been here and it is just an honor and a privilege to have one of god's best voices of our times he is none other than the reverend dr william houston curtis he is the senior pastor of the mount Ararat baptist church in pittsburgh pennsylvania he is an author he is a scholar he is a brother of the greatest fraternity uh brother bernie <clears throat> the omega sci-fi fraternity incorporated and uh but even more importantly than that he is my friend and my brother we have a friendship that goes back almost what well, gee 26 years this month 26 years this month we met on the campus of united theological seminary as we were the young guns at that time pursuing our doctoral degree. And uh, he has become one of the most sought-after voices as far as preaching, lecturing, giving conferences, and really uh, seeking pastoral advice across this land. So I am humbled and honored that he would take time out of his busy schedule, even in COVID, to come and share with us. So after our music ensemble blesses us with the gift of song, the next voice you will hear will be that of my friend and my brother, the Reverend Dr. William Houston Curtis, senior pastor of the Mount Ararat Baptist Church. Would you will put your hands together? Let's give God praise for him.
God for the strong encouragement we've already received the reminder that you are in fact our provider and our sustainer our savior our company keeper for all of it we give you praise thank you for St. Paul carving out space for us to spend these coveted nights together to study your word to be impacted by our fellowship one with another, to be able to expand and extend your kingdom in the earth. And so our prayer is that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, for you are indeed our strength and our redeemer. We ask it in Jesus' name. And all of God's children said together, amen. Would you help me thank God for your pastor, for my friend, for my brother, the Reverend Dr. Robert Charles Scott, and to his lovely, queenly first lady, Sister Scott, and to first daughter. COVID has uh, erased so many months away. The last time I was privileged to be here, I was talking to a, a little girl budding teenager before church. I was in the office talking to a young woman. And God be praised for, for the first family of this congregation and for those who make up the leadership and the discipleship of the St. Paul Church. And then to be tag team with my brother in Christ, the Reverend Dr. Jerry Carter. We are honored to be able to hear him on tomorrow night and on Wednesday night. I am uh, not only a colleague and a friend, I'm a fan and a student. And so I look forward to hearing uh, his gospel on tomorrow night and then to have the opportunity to hang out with two of the brothers who are closest in spirit to me and so these uh, two and a half days I am um, I count it as a real privilege amen amen help me thank God for this music ministry that has ushered us into the presence of God Listen to these words that come to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. I want to begin reading with verse 27, reading through the conclusion of verse 32 for context. The focus will be on verses 31 and 32. Again, Luke, chapter 5. Let me begin with verse 27, reading through verse 32. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him, and Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. And then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come 
to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And for the next few moments from this passage, I want to preach Jesus, the great physician. Jesus, the great physician. In the calling of Matthew to leave his tax collecting booth and to become a disciple of our Lord, we become uninvited guests crashing in on the banquet he hosts to celebrate his having been invited to be a learner of the master. This despised and ostracized man who worked every day to collect heavy taxes from struggling peasant farmers who also had to expect that Matthew and those like him would cushion in the taxes they collected a profit for themselves. And in his case, he also received profit from managing other tax collectors. He's not liked too well in the community where he lives. He's not welcomed warmly in the synagogue for worship. And most of his friends are other people whose lives have been judged similar to his own. In fact, the general category the text puts on he and others is sinners. But when Jesus passes his tax collecting booth that day and invites him to close it down and to follow him, he immediately responds, of course, having heard Jesus probably speak before, being inspired by his words probably thinking to himself that he so desperately needs to address his spiritual condition since he could not be warmly welcomed in church. So he jumps at the opportunity. He closes the booth down. He makes the decision, let me attempt to follow Jesus. And the very first thing he does is to invite Jesus over to the house for dinner with the intent being to invite others who will celebrate with him the decision he has made. He wants to honor the one who has convicted him so that he might become a learner of the master. And he wants everybody he is connected to to know he has found the Messiah. In the home of Matthew are now other tax collectors, and Luke simply says, and some others... And before the celebration can progress too far, the Pharisees, they start in on Jesus. They approach his disciples and they start there complaining and murmuring. Why does Jesus eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? This question, of course, is intended to raise suspicions about Jesus's authenticity, his legitimacy as a moral leader. Because he's hanging out with these spiritually unacceptable people. And Jesus paints the most gripping picture of how we should see ourselves, how we should see him, and how we should embrace his word. He says as an answer to the question, why is he at dinner with tax collectors and sinners? Hear it tonight. He says, because I am like a doctor. And if I'm standing between a healthy person, as you Pharisees think you are in your own eyes, if I'm standing between you and a sick person, as you view these that I'm enjoying dinner with, which one do you think needs me more? And of course, the answer is the sick person. 
And then Jesus makes the application. I am here because I am the great physician. I'm the eternal spiritual doctor. And I'm practicing medicine, so to speak, on these people who are sick from spiritual neglect. And these that are impacted by you Pharisees malpractice. Guilty of not letting them in your church to hear what could make them holy and happy and healthy. At the dinner, I'm writing out prescriptions, administering dosages, and reversing symptoms. This portrait Jesus paints of himself is a window, of course, out of which we peer to more deeply understand his relationship to us. Savior, yes. Lord, yes. Sustainer, provider, defender, healer, sanctifier, redeemer, all of these. And I've not been exhaustive as much as suggestive, but Luke recounts that Jesus himself suggests that he is also our physician. Now, I know immediately that this means that our spiritual condition, no matter its current state, is not just a religious or a moral consideration. Jesus is also trying to suggest that our spirituality is also a health consideration. And I'm not sure tonight, St. Paul, if you think of your relationship with Jesus as a health issue, but it is. In fact, the condition of my spiritual life can define my wellness or my sickness. And Jesus was moving around the dinner Meeting people who are living in unhealthy environments with unhealthy inner life conditions and it sickens them to the point where it affects how they relate to other people. How they see themselves, how they see their futures, how they paint portraits of fulfilled lived experiences. And Jesus reveals that he is the physician who invites us to know him so that we can live well but so that we can also live healthy, both spiritually and in our daily matriculations through the very marketplaces where you and I are stationed. Is anybody listening to me tonight? We need Jesus to be our physician because our lived experiences have so many threatening realities that can infect and sicken and place us in peril. But but don't don't become despondent. Don't be dismayed because we have a great physician. And I don't know if you think about your spirituality as a matter of health. I'm not sure if you see your relationship with the Lord as important for your mental health as well as your physical health. The encouragement in the text is to consider it. This is what makes your spirituality more than merely ritual practice. We're not in church just to exercise ritual practice. We're in church tonight because we want to be healthy. We're trying to navigate our way through a sickened culture, sick because of so many things that are taking place around us. And we're here tonight, not just because pastor called us to revival, not just because I'm obligated as an officer or a leader to be there. I go to church in the middle of the week after working all day long around a whole lot of stressful people. I go to church against the backdrop of going 
going to bed late tonight, eating dinner late, having to wake up early tomorrow morning and start repeating the cycle all over again. But you know why I run down to St. Paul? Because it's one of the places that fosters my health. This great physician helps me balance life, live between these realms that the Bible describes as the spiritual realm and the natural realm. This physician helps me keep in perspective exactly who I am and how I walk through the world, how I interact with other people. What do I absorb from these exchanges that I have with people on a daily basis and what can and cannot be internalized? Jesus, the physician helps me remember the eternal purpose in my life and that ensures I don't become too infected by certain seasons that are rough and painful. This physician helps me to process my conundrums and my confusion, my hurt and my pain, my ambitions and my goals, my drives, and with so many options out here and so much desire, it is Jesus the physician that makes sure I don't starve from neglect, but he also makes sure I don't choke on an overinflated opinion of myself. Can't think too high, but can't think too low. This physician prescribe certain circumstances to grow me, certain introductions to challenge me, certain intersections to force certain decisions out of me, certain successes to push me. He prescribes at times highly intense exchanges with people so I don't overdose on relationships that are only transactional. He advises a spiritual diet that keeps my gifts stirred and when facing really tough realities that may not work in my favor. He administers a dosage of peace that helps me to stay faithful even when I got to walk through what is painful. Am I talking to anybody in this room? It's not the healthy who need a doctor. You Pharisees who think you're healthy. You won't even accept my diagnosis or take what I prescribe because of the lens out of which you see yourself. I ain't here for you. That's what Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm not here for you. But rather, I'm here for the sick. The conditions they live with that make them open and ready to receive. And I got so much medicine to prescribe that they can't stay sick once they have an encounter with me. I was asked the most interesting question several weeks ago that I couldn't let go of after the conversation. Close pastoring brother asked me, Bill, if you were the singular shaper of church today, church universal, what would be your focus and what would you change first? I thought it was an interesting question. If, if you were like the Pope, if you were the singular shaper of Protestant church reflection, what would be your focus and what perhaps would you change first? And to both, my immediate answer spewed out rather swiftly. I would require more preaching, teaching, worshiping centered on Jesus and less concentration on us. I, I would require more heavy dosage of Christ-centered preaching and less the lens of secular humanism. 
less about our cultural circumstances, our political issues. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand the need to express our worth, our value, our strengths, our potential. Trust me, I get it. We need to be reminded of our inheritance and our spiritual status that we walk with through life. I too celebrate the blessings and favor and open doors that are made available to us. But those to me are not as important as understanding the lordship of and the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. To understand that these character portraits that scripture paints of him, these descriptive scriptural tags attached to his name, these are not simply image shapers, these are revelation. Jesus is everything that the Bible says he is, literally and figuratively. How many hands was that clapping? Let me say it again. Jesus is everything that the Bible says he is, literally and not figuratively. He is the lamb. He is the shield. He is the buckler. He is the redeemer. He is the savior. These are not just metaphors, windows, illustrations, and images. No, he is this. He is bread. He is shepherd. He is door. He is a way. And tonight we celebrate that he's also a physician. And these things mean everything because they are ways of understanding how he works in and through our lives. Yes, he wants us holy. Make no mistake about that. But Jesus also wants you healthy. He wants you healthy and strong and he's a physician to ensure that it happens. Let me, let me, uh, let me expose a couple layers of interpretation of this text. I'll take my seat. What is Jesus teaching us when he describes himself as a physician? Well, he must be trying to tell us that he is the cure. But, but, but here's what I want you to get. Because here is what is powerful about our relationship with Jesus. Are you ready? When it comes to Jesus, the great physician, he is the treatment the therapy, the remedy, and the medication. The strength of this St. Paul is, therefore, don't you ever live your life at any point settling for spiritual sickness. You're not supposed to live in pain perpetually about your personhood, your purpose, your placement, your power, your potential. And don't get me wrong. Life will trip you up every now and then. Some seasons are bad. I admit that the rain does fall. Sun does seem to stay behind the hillside and the clouds do form. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those who thinks that there's a place in the spirit or relationship with God where you can live exempt from all trouble and you can live distant from all pain. That's not reality. However, a relationship with Jesus does not mean you live the rest of your life settling for a twisted personhood. 
You ain't supposed to walk around the rest of your life saved and also just juggling and stewarding pain. No, you're not supposed to live your whole life in pain regarding your personhood, your purpose, your placement, your power, your potential. Life for you is not intended to be one elongated disease mental journey. And I'm not talking about mental disorders, though I'm not ruling them out. Jesus is a physician. And part of him being a physician is that he brings cure to the things that would leave us twisted. At any rate, the point I'm trying to make is your life is not intended to be a strained mental journey, gripped in fear, haunted by bad experiences, settling for anguish and hurt. Jesus is more than a cushion for your fall. He is a cure for what ails you. And before you seek help anywhere else, he at this dinner Matthew is hosting Jesus describes himself as a doctor he is treatment he is therapy he is remedy he is medication I know you have your mask on but would you help me somebody say he's treatment I can't hear you he is treatment he is therapy, he is remedy, and he's medication. He makes it available. He makes it available in so many ways. He makes it available through his word. He makes it available through his work. He makes it available through the expression of his will. I'm not teaching you new truth when I suggest that Jesus is our cure. But my challenge to us is, if you know he's your cure, stop living so long with the infection. Stop living so long with what infects and impairs and interrupts your God-intended path and pace. Do you get what I'm trying to say to you tonight? I'm not trying to introduce you to the great physician. You already know who he is. I'm trying to encourage you to stop living so long with what he can cure. And at some point, you got to decide, I'm going to stop living being so uncomfortable about who I am. This unexplained swelling, the constant irritations, making decisions that are so twisted in terms of direction and for my future the devil is a liar I gotta get close to Jesus surrender more to him trust him deeper because he is my cure I feel this way sometimes Jerry when I'm irritated and I keep trying all these things to do you know I try all the psychological methods when I'm irritated uh, just breathe count to ten smile think about something positive throw some music on to have some water in the background it hits me every time however pastor stop all of this you have a remedy in Jesus. So why are you going to do all these other things? I'm not mitigating against them, but why are you going to choose them first rather than to pray? See, some of y'all, some of y'all have already written it off. Why? Because for us, it sounds so elementary. It seems so weak. It appears passive. It images a bailout. But the truth of the matter is, it's access to eternal power. Did you hear what I said? It is the privilege of having a conversation with the sovereign eternal God. It is to tap into power. It is to link to the divine. It's a discipline that guarantees a change because you don't need a break. You don't need a cigarette smoke. You don't need a vacation. You need a cure. And Jesus says, I am the great physician and I don't diagnose and prescribe that which keeps you infected and keeps you sick. If you come see me by the time 
time I run my diagnostics and by the time I issue my prescription, you're going to walk around seated and clothed and in your right mind, you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind until your steps become ordered and you start walking by faith and not by sight. First thing text teaches us is Jesus is the what? He is the cure. He's also the change. We are here in this dinner at Matthew's invitation because it's these people who need change. What I prescribe, Jesus implies, doesn't just numb the feeling of isolation they all feel. The sickness that comes with rejection and the low self-esteem they are nursing from being looked at every day, side-eyed by people who despise them. I'm not putting a band-aid on that. I'm changing them. I'm showing them acceptance. I'm celebrating their personhood despite their background, stigmas, reputations, misgivings, transgressions, their professions for that matter. I'm letting them hear the word without intent to manipulate authority. I'm prescribing medicinal intervention in such large dosages that once they get their word in them, it'll be almost like the prophet. It's going to feel like fire. Shut up in their bones taken constantly throughout the day and you watch you watch because as great physician you know that if I have intervened in their lives you ought to see a difference so after I doctor them up you're going to notice the distinguishable difference in expression and countenance envisioning and ambition their language and laughter their joy and sense of purpose they're going to be different to interact with because their lives will exude greatness their lives will will leak spiritual love. I've asked myself on more than one occasion, listen to me tonight. I've asked myself on more than one occasion. I'm going to make the confession and you all let me know if you've been there. Is my belief in Jesus's care far greater than my belief in his ability to change me or things around me? I've wrestled with this. I've, I've wrestled with this theologically. Um, I will confess tonight that I have lived seasons where I've had unquestionable belief in God's love for me, his care, his concern for me. I'd rise every day to express my abiding gratitude for it. But I've accepted some of the things that stayed attached to me way too long, like fear and doubt and hesitation, disbelief in my own capacity. And you know what? You know what I have to also confess that's connected to that? I've let some of these realities persist as long as they did because... I'm not sure I carry the same depth of belief in Jesus's ability to change me or circumstances as I carry depth of belief in his love for me. And that was a hard reality for me to have to accept, but I recognized it and I adjusted. I started focusing on trying to feed my faith in that area so that I could have some kind of equilibrium between some kind of congruency synergy between what I believe about God's love for me and what I believe about his capacity and ability and his willingness, I might add, to change me or change things around me. I wish this was a Bible study because then I just kind of move around because y'all, y'all expected me to holler. But I, you know, I just want to kind of talk because what I'm trying to say to you is this, you know, some stuff I don't pray about, some stuff I don't even pray about until it almost gets to infection stage because I seem to forget that he's a physician. So I'll just walk around bearing the stress. Am I talking to anybody here? I'll just walk around bearing the stress, 
living under the weight. And it's almost like an aha moment when it hits me. Why don't you just have a little talk with Jesus? All of us in here have watched God change things, but have you trusted it like a doctor needing to change the condition of a patient? Because that's what he says is the scope of his power and the depth of his strength. He can cure, but he can also change. And he wants you to see it as vital to your health and vital to your wellness. What tonight in your life needs to change to make you healthier? Well, Jesus is the great physician, and I'm here to tell you, he can change it if you can trust him to. Paul helps us. I'm done. Paul helps us to understand how Jesus, our great physician, changes us. He says in Romans 12, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The lens determines the lesson. Did you hear what I said? Your theological lens determines your lesson. In other words, the hermeneutic you bring to it determines the result you get from it. So what Paul is trying to tell us is if you see Jesus as your great physician, then you also know you don't have to stay sick, but for so long. I wish I had somebody here. If you see Jesus as your provider, you look at your emptiness or your lack or slack, and then you turn your lack over to him because you know little in the master's hands becomes much. Am I talking to anybody in here? If you standing in front of trouble and you see Jesus as a defender, you start bragging to your trouble that you've got somebody on your side and that's what released that smooth stone into the forehead of the giant on the other side of representing the Philistine army. I'm just trying to encourage somebody. However you see Jesus determines the boldness with which you walk through life. If you see Jesus as the usher into the next plateau of your life, that's why you start checking doorknobs. Because you know the God you serve is a door opening God. Have I got any company here? You know sometimes I know that God is such a prayer answering God that after I say amen, I stay there for a while because I expect him to answer. Do you know I've stood in front of trouble and because I know that God can get me out of it, I will stand right in front of trouble while trouble is brewing all around me and I'll start feeling just like the psalmist, though my enemies are encircling me. I'm still confident because one thing, I'm sorry y'all but I messed around to my soul and caught on fire. I didn't even mean to go this hard. I ain't even bring a change of clothes. I'm going to sweat myself out of my shirt and going to have to wear it for the rest of the night. But I didn't messed around until I got inspired myself because I know I'm in the company of somebody in the sanctuary who says I've been in that place uh, where infection has settled in and I started talking about myself twisted. Started talking about other people twisted until I needed an appointment. 
with the great physician. Uh, and when I got my appointment uh, with the great physician, uh, I walked in uh, just like the psalmist uh, and said, search me, O oh God, uh, through and through uh, and see if there's a wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting until you could then celebrate creating me, O oh God, uh, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Have I got a witness here tonight? Michael Bird has fun, Jerry, with these descriptive lenses describing the person and the power of our Christ. He just sat down and started thinking about the multiplicity of images that are attached to Jesus Christ. He says to the artist, Jesus is the one altogether lovely. And to the architect, uh, Jesus uh, is the chief cornerstone. Uh, to the astronomer, Jesus uh, is the son of righteousness. Uh, to the baker, Jesus uh, is the living bread. Uh, and to the biker, uh, Jesus uh, is the hidden treasure. To the biologist, uh, Jesus uh, is the substance of life. Uh, to the carpenter, Jesus uh, is the sure foundation. Uh, to the educator, Jesus is the great teacher to the farmer. Jesus is the sower and Lord of the harvest. To the florist, he's the lily of the valley. To the geologist, he's the rock of ages. To the judge, he's the righteous one. And to the jurist, he's the true witness. To the jeweler, he's the pearl of great price. To the editor, he is the good tidings of great joy. I ain't said nothing to make you shout yet. Somebody talk to me and holler back to me and say, keep on describing him. Uh, unto the Oculus, he's the light of the eye. To the philosopher, he is true wisdom. Uh, to the printer, he is the true type. Uh, to the servant, he's the good master. To the student, he is the incarnate truth. Uh, to the toiler, he's the giver of rest. But I like this one. Since I'm trying to be textual to the sick, he is a doctor. Have I got any company here? Somebody toss your head back, wave a hand in the air, and thank God that he is your great physician. So that no matter what life throws at you, you can recover. You will recover because he can cure and he can change. Say yeah. The lens, the lens determines the lesson. One of the reasons my daughter calls me for everything, and I mean everything, is because her lens is that there's nothing her daddy can't make happen. The lens determines the lesson. Maybe we have a struggle praying because we have a struggle seeing Jesus in a certain way. Are y'all listening to me? And all Jesus is trying to teach us from this text is that if life infects you in any dimension, he is a great physician. He brings cure and he brings change. Who am I talking to in here? Let me see your hand. Who am I talking to? Let's keep him up for a minute. 
Hence, elevated eyes are closed. I've been doing it with my congregation since COVID. Because for many of us, all we have is this brief time we have in church. And the rest of the week, for the most part, many of us are nursing isolation. So I've been trying to hurry up and take my time when it comes to worship these days. So while your hands are lifted and while your heads are elevated and while your eyes are closed, appropriate where that sermon fits in your life. In other words, think about what condition do you need to talk to the doctor about? What condition in your life do you and the physician need to talk about? I can tell you that whatever hits your mind first is probably of greatest importance. And take a minute and talk to him. Tell him, I'm tired of being sick in this area of my life. I'm tired of being a chronic doubter. I'm tired of waking up every day and the first thing out of my mouth is something negative. I'm tired of being so influenced and impacted by other people's opinions. I'm tired of being caught under the vice grip of this habit, this addiction, this behavior. And I need a cure. I don't just want to, I don't just want to feel better. I want to be healed. I don't need a band-aid. I need a remedy. And because you are therapy and remedy and medication and prescription, I appeal to you. And so, Lord, this is why we come, because we, we see you in so many different facets. And thank you that you are God enough to fit into every one of our images in the completeness and totality of your person. So I pray that seed be planted in good soil and produce righteous harvest. I ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody pray with me out loud. God, I come in Jesus' name. And I confess that you are God all by yourself. Come into my life. Save me. Change me. Convert me. And I thank you that right now I accept the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put those hands together all over the sanctuary. Come on, you can do better than that. Somebody, somebody perhaps has melted their heart to Jesus. If you're in the sanctuary and you made that your first prayer as you engage now in relationship with Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want you to grab your belongings. Make your way here to the front. While this ministry will continue to exercise social distancing and be very responsible with who you are, they also want to minister to you and give you some information that you so desperately need. If you're already saved, but you say, I need to become a disciple of St. Paul. I want to I want to grow out of this ministry. You grab your belongings and make your way here to the front as well. If you're in virtual space, I know St. Paul has on the screen varied ways you can communicate with them. And I want you to just leave your information there. Somebody from the ministry who's been so assigned will communicate with you, connect you, and they'll take it from there. Whether that be because you gave your life to Jesus or whether it be because you feel compelled to connect to the ministry of this church. In either way, we want you to leave your information and somebody will communicate with you, right? All right. Hey, St. Paul, do me a favor. I want you to put your hands together, celebrate those who are making decisions. 
Come on, celebrate those who are making decisions. If, if it were your son and daughter, yep, celebrate it like that. If it were your son and daughter, celebrate it like that because we are excited that God adds to the church such as should be saved. Come on, let's give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. My God, that was... What a word, what a word, what a word, what a word. Be seated just for a moment. We're about to get out of here. Give me about five to seven minutes. Uh, Dr. Curtis, uh, first of all, just want to, if that sermon was for you, can you just give God the praise that God so richly and rightfully deserved? I see you watching us on Zoom. I want to holler at you on Zoom. It's great to see you all. It is great to see you all, as well as those that's on Facebook Live, on our our YouTube, our church website, as well as those that are listening to us on the phone. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Dr. Curtis has a a new book uh, called One Day Closer, Strength for the Season of Life, Six Weeks of Meditation for Traumatic Times. Uh, this book is Dr. Curtis. How much is this book? Is twenty dollars and it's thick. It's thick, so it's, it's worth twenty dollars. This book is twenty dollars, and he's gonna be doing book signing. Is it gonna be tonight or tomorrow night? Okay, he's gonna do book signing tomorrow night. So um, if you desire to 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 get this book, we invite you to come back on tomorrow night and uh, check this, uh, check out his offering as well as uh, hear our preacher for tomorrow night. Before I just share with you all who we will have on tomorrow night, if that word bless you now, um, I'm the kind of preacher, and you all have to forgive me, I'm the kind of preacher, I believe in sowing. Uh, I believe in sowing. I believe in sowing. And I am a walking testimony or what happens when you give beyond the tithe and the offering. I really am. And I don't do this trying to get something from God. I do it because God has blessed me immeasurably. And that word blessed me immeasurably. And so I want you to, if you so feel led tonight, if you so feel led tonight, if you so feel led tonight, I want you to uh, take a seat. Take a seat. You could do it online through Givelify. You can do it uh, through our church website. Or you could do it physical. Um, but but if you have an offering, if you have an offering, if that word bless you, I just want you to give according to how that offering, I mean, how that word blessed you. Uh, Jerry, I, I, let me see. I'm going to give cash tonight. So, uh, Now, if there's anybody else that has cash you would like to give, Jerry, if you would, get it. Anybody that has cash, if you're giving online, you can do it online. If you have cash, just hold it up. Jerry will come get it. If you want to give in an envelope, you can do that as well. Amen. Amen. I believe I see a couple of preachers in the house. I'm going to ask that all the preachers of the gospel, if you would, stand that are here. All the ministers of the gospel, amen, amen. Uh, I'm certainly delighted to see our own, but I see my friend, Elder Chester Brown. And is that uh, Pastor Davis? 
Andrew, man, it's good to see you all the way from Columbia, the Zion Church uh, down in Columbia. And of course, Elder Chester Brown is the pastor of our mother church, uh, the Mount Moriah, uh, Greater Mount Moriah Primitive Baptist Church. We're certainly delighted that he is able to be in the house with us as well. And um, Reverend Bernie, it's good to see you, man. You've been dealing with a lot lately. Reverend Bernie, um, stepfather died and they funeralized him. Uh, several days ago and then he also celebrated his mom's birthday so we thank God that you're able to be in the house we continue to lift you up in prayer my brother we continue to lift you up in prayer thank you for your sharing for your sowing Eric thank you for leading us in worship can you all give what I consider to be the greatest music ministry in the in the world a round of applause thank you all so much y'all blessed us thank you to our musicians thank you to our media ministry thank you to our ushers and thank you to um, uh, our medical team for doing such a wonderful, wonderful job. Thanks to our staff for blessing us. Listen, we heard a wonderful word tonight. And I just want to thank God for the preaching of Dr. William Houston Curtis. Let's give God praise for him one more time. On tomorrow night, on tomorrow night, our preacher will be the Reverend Dr. Jerry M. Carter, the pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church in Morristown, New Jersey. And um, he, like Dr. Curtis said, we sit not only as students, but as fans of his. And we're looking for him to come with a great word. I was leaning over to him tonight. I said, man, tell Bill this the first night. My God. He, he was trying to take us out, but we're getting y'all out in good time. Amen. We're getting going to get you all out in, in great time. Um, but as we prepare to go, so Scott, tomorrow night, I just need one song after the scripture and the prayer. Would you do that for me? Amen. Amen. I was scared because I was out here late. So forgive me for that. I didn't communicate that with you. Amen. All right. We're getting ready to go. We need for you to, if you don't mind, um, follow the directions of the ushers as they prepare to escort you out. We want to maintain our protocols as well as our uh, social distancing as far as tonight is concerned. It's been a good first night. We had wonderful numbers online. And I want you to do me a favor. If you want to come tomorrow night, register. All you got to do is register. Just go online to register or, or register when you get here so we can get your information so we can have it for contact tracing purposes just in case we need it. Y'all, we're still in a pandemic. Amen lights. Let me say that one more time. We're still in a pandemic. Most of our children have started back to school in the public school systems here in Charlotte. Today, we got to cover them and keep them covered in prayer. We're still in a pandemic. And so we want to be very, very mindful of what we do so we can protect ourselves. So continue. Do me this favor. Get vaccinated. They approved Fiverr fully today. Get vaccinated if you're not vaccinated. Continue to wear your mask. Practice social distancing. Wash your hands. But please, ma'am, please, sir, if we want to get back to some sense of normalcy, we got to get vaccinated. And for those who were vaccinated on August the 7th here at the church, you need to come on this Saturday between 10 and 2 to get your second shot as far as vaccination is concerned, all right? Okay, all right. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. God, we thank you for a wonderful first night. We thank you for scriptures read, prayers rendered, songs that were given to you in praise and adoration and for this powerful word. 
let us apply what we have gathered in this moment to our hearts and our lives to be better disciples and servants for you. It is in the name of your son, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Let every heart that truly believes say, amen. If you will follow the directions of the ushers, God bless you. I love you. God loves you even more. See you on tomorrow night, those online. We look forward to you all tagging in. Thank you all so very much. God bless you. God bless you.